Happy Friday, everybody. Andy McNamara with you. Toronto today until 1 o'clock. Judging from my drive-in on the 401, it looks like a lot of you are already headed up to the cottage. Drive safe. We'll keep you company for a couple hours here. Then Scott MacArthur Show. Then Overdrive. And we'll take y'all into the weekend. Heading into the last full week of summer already. Man. we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking some... Fantasy Football, Ben Schrager, founder of Fantasy Football Live. He'll be at 1240. Dave Festchuk in studio from the Toronto Star. Great thing about Dave is you can go over a whole bunch of different areas. And case in point with that, during the NHL free agency special we did here on the station, I was chatting with Dave about the John Tavares signing. We were on the next day. Leafs had signed Tavares. Hooray! Then right in the middle of that conversation, he says, Andy, I don't mean to interrupt, but... um, LeBron James just signed with the Lakers, and then we could immediately shift into basketball talk. So we'll talk Leafs, we'll talk Raptors with Dave Festcheck. That'll be around 12.20. In about 20 minutes' time, we're going to have James Stewart, author of Being Prime Minister and Prime Minister's involvement in creating uh, sports and sports culture around Canada throughout the years. And uh, we got a couple fun poll questions for you today, too, folks, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. We've had a lot of fun with poll questions this week. Maybe, maybe too much fun. If, uh, if you come at us on Twitter, man, we'll come right back at you. And we will embrace you as well if you have some smart discussion. Today, we're, this, this is a fun one today. Because uh, myself and producer Joe Nars, we were chatting on driving on the way in. And we don't live together. We are on separate phones, right, Joe? Just to clarify that, we, you know, we're on, on the Bluetooth. But we were talking about guys in sports who just seem lucky. Who just seem like, man, you know what? These guys just get paid for doing what seems like nothing. Or just just being overpaid and not really producing. So we thought, let's go through some of the all-timers here. And you can tweet in your own as well if you have one. At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. So the question is, which of these athletes... Or outside the spotlight impresses you for having making so much money for doing so little. Charles Howell the third. Heard of him? PGA golfer. Two wins in five hundred and twenty two events, and he's worth what, thirty six million dollars? Not bad. Two wins, 522 events. That's what I love about golf. You don't have to be, and by good, I mean just to have your PGA card. Obviously, you have to be better than almost anybody on the planet. But in comparison with the other pros, you can finish like 12th for your whole career, never win, and still be uber rich. Now, Charles Howell III won a couple, but out of 522 events, he's worth, what was it, Joe? Producer Joe Narsh, 36 million bucks for uh, Charles Howell III. Yeah, it was $35.6 million with two PGA wins and 522 events. Let's see let's see the winning percentage on that. What is that, like a point zero two? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He's made like 400 and like something cuts. So that's how you make money. You hang PGA. around. Just show up. Just be there on Saturday. Make Leave it to with Sunday. a big jumbo check like you're in Happy Gilmore. Put him in the back of your Pinto and go home. And off you go. Have a day. So that's number one. Then there's this beauty, Rick DiPietro. Oh man, sixty-seven and a half million dollar contract buyout. This dude is being paid out for it seems like the next century. Still, still, every year he gets millions of dollars. 
coming out due to the buyout. Sign that big deal. Good on. And listen, I'm not begrudging any of these people. If you can get the cash, go for it. Now, Charles Howell is actually out there golfing. DiPietro gets to sit on his butt at home and collect the remainder of his $67.5 million contract buyout for doing nothing, being at home, so you can vote for Rick DiPietro. How about Dwayne Bowe? Dwayne Bowe used to be good, a couple seasons for the Kansas City Chiefs, came to Cleveland a couple years back, Got I think it was three years ago, $9 million, and he caught five catches. $9 million for five catches. That's almost $2 million a catch. Pretty good. And my personal favorite, this is who I voted for. And you got to go into the way back Raptors machine for this. Like when we, I go to Raptors games in the 90s with my friends, and we would all cheer for Yogi Stewart. If you're an old school Raptors fan, you just went, oh man, Yogi? Yes, Michael. Yogi Stewart. This dude's story is awesome. He had a good rookie year out West, signed with the Raptors, $24 million extension, always on the bench. Always on the bench. Not even like, hey, we need someone fouled. Yogi, can you get in there? Nah, nah, nah. Just stay on the bench, Yogi. $24 million bucks for doing literally nothing during a game. Nothing. He would high-five, guys. Guess he must have been a pleasant enough human. That was it. Yogi Stewart, $24 million bench warmer. So you can vote, TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMCD1 on Twitter. Charles, Charles Howell III, two PJ wins in 522 events. Rick DiPietro, the $67.5 million contract buyout. Dwayne Bowe, $9 million for five catches. Or Yogi Stewart for getting paid $24 million for sitting on the bench, and that is all that he did. So, which athlete do you do? You, I guess appreciate, eh, Joe? Like it's more like like we're we're kind of jealous because they're getting paid a lot for not a lot of success. But in a way, it's a appreciation. Like, man, that takes some skill to do so little and get paid so much. I think Dwayne Bowe's the most impressive one. It's two almost two million dollars because everybody was saying, "Why are you signing this guy?" Yeah. And then they gave him $9 million, which made him in kind of the top bracket of wide receivers. Like, people don't realize they don't all make, like, $25 million a year. No. There's a very select few wide receivers. Like you'd be surprised how little you Antonio Brown, like Julio Jones, and Odell really do get paid in comparison to the best players in other sports, in, in like, per capita. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Bow made $9 million. And here's the best part. Five catches. So here's the best part, Joe. The, the Browns' general manager at the time was Ray Farmer, who is horrible. He was the assistant GM in Kansas City where Dwayne Bow played. They're boys. They're buds. He gave Dwayne Bow. There was zero competition for Dwayne Bow. It's not like someone else was like, well, we'll give him eight. And the Browns like, all right, well, we'll give him nine. He competed against himself and gave his buddy... A deal. Almost criminal. And Dwayne Bowe just stood there with his diamond earrings on the sidelines smiling. That's like when uh, Brian Burke gave Ron Wilson a three-year extension totally. on Christmas and then was like, ah, I think i got to fire him two weeks later. And, yeah, and it's like, what Enjoy, a Ron. Job. How does that not get brought up more? 
Like, it did kind of at the time, I remember, but, like, not not enough. It's like, shouldn't that be some ethics department thing? Like, th- that's obvious. You just got your boy paid. There was a couple of like interesting Man. moves made by Brian Burke when he was the general manager of the Maple Leafs. Is it his decision with his horrible hair and a Sonny Corleone-style open tie? I respect that. That Of all the things that Brian Burke did, his I'm-too-busy-to-give-a-crap look... For his tie. ...was the most impressive part. I can get behind the tie, the hair. I just... It makes me it makes me furious the whenever I look back at Brian Burke. This back hair, I think, is a little bit better than like that half-mushroom cut, half-like quaff thing he had going on. I like the slick back hair. Joe, I'll, I'll He looks more intimidating. <laughs> he looks like he wouldn't have traded <laughs> two first rounders for uh, Phil Kessel. Listen, slick back Berkey would not have done that. I will tell you my disdain in general for Brian Burke. Okay, This is going back some years when I used to live downtown at Young and Lakeshore. It was right by the Hockey Hall of Fame. So, coming up from my condo and <laughs> I'm headed to work and walking up is uh, Brian Burke. He's, he's, he's right there walking up, and he has the open hair. I just look at him, and he looks at me. I shake my head, and I kept walking. Didn't even acknowledge him, Joe. Didn't even give him the courtesy of acknowledgement. Just a constant scowl. Did you hear the story from Joe from the bridge? What? So he tweeted out, he was in, I think he was in Italy or Greece, and he tweeted, oh, I just walked by, like, at Berkey 2020, I thought it was him, didn't realize, and then couldn't say hi and walked away. And Brian Burke responded to Joe from the bridge and said, well, why didn't you just scream out, hey, Berkey, I would have answered. Really? He's like, enjoy the rest of your trip. Hope <laughs> I see you again. I still don't like him. But that's because he knew Joe from the bridge. Because mm. Joe from the bridge is a legend. Yeah. And Berkey can only wish to be <laughs> Joe from the bridge. That's some sweet hair. Anyway, we're on a, a side tangent here about my dislike for the appearance of Brian Burke. But which one are you voting for, Joe? This is Rick DiPietro's the uh, early clubhouse leader here. But um, my, my vote is definitely Yogi Stewart because, like, Dwayne Bowe at least had some accomplishment. It made no sense to do. But for Yogi Stewart with the Raptors, it made absolutely no sense. And it goes down as one of the all-time blunders because it was, he got, in 1999, an extension for $24 million dollars. And at that time, that was still big money in the NBA. After a good rookie year with Sacramento, came off a $1 million deal. The Raptors said, hey, we like this guy. 24 mil. Benched. That's, uh, I'm Yogi Stewart all day on this. I think I'm Charles Howell III. <laughs> but he has to at least work. Like He has to at least walk the course. He actually has to play golf. But that's not what we're asking. We're asking outside of the spotlight. Yeah. And it impresses you the most. And like somebody's like, oh, this is a bad poll because Jake Gardner. Uh, oh, you voted do we Jay have Gardner. the bad poll? Yeah, yeah, this is the real bad poll here. Charles Howell wasn't supposed to be lights out. I never said that. No. I never said any That's of these guys the had to be very good. Yeah. What we said was they're outside of the spotlight. Yeah. And the fact that I have watched a lot of golf, and every time I hear Charles Howell the third's name, I'm like, who? And then I see him, and I'm like, I don't know who this is. And then they show the stat that he's made $35 million just showing up. <laughs> and the smile, if you go to pjtour.com, it's a smile that says, I've only won twice and I'm super rich. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, I picture like a Bill Clinton voice exactly. coming out. Like it's just like a coy take smile. take my car home now. <laughs> well, and the thing is too, Joe, with all this, the other side point is you're out of the spotlight, as you said. So like, it's not like 
if you're Tiger Woods, you make a, a billion dollars, you can't go to the store. Uh, Charles Howell III can go wherever he wants. If he walked at any in time. right now, no idea who he sat would. beside you no. and said, "Hey, Andy, let's let's talk some golf." I'd call security. Yeah, and you'd be like, "I don't know who you are." I was like, "Get Mark Sacchino in here to help me with this interview." I, need I have real no idea who's golf going on. talk right now. Exactly, not this random guy here's wearing a this? golf shirt. How did he get in? And then. He just pulls out the PGA card and goes, what? here's 35 mil one on and, the PGA. And then Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, me and stuffs like a $100 bill in my like face. Like, this guy wears just that boom. belt, like the Million Dollar Belt. And smiles. He wears the money belt <laughs> while he golfs. And no one would notice because he's never on TV. Because nobody cares. But he's filthy rich. That's what I appreciate about I Charles Howell III. Now, Rick Pietro too, like, he's been out of the... At the time, he would have been in the spotlight. But he's been out of it long enough. Rick Pietro, I'm sure, can... Walk around the streets and not be hassled. He's making $1.5 million till 2028, 2029. That's amazing. And the best part, the kicker in all of this is he was married to Charles Wang's daughter, and Charles Wang owned the New York Islanders. So not only was their starting goalie who is injured, who got a $64 million deal or $67.5 million deal. Buyout. He was guaranteed. Bought. That's the last thing Charles Wang did on his way out. That's great. He was like, I am selling this team, buyout. My daughter's My son in law will make <laughs> $1.5 million a year until like the end of time. I'm good. I'm good. Rick DiPietro is right up there. And then again, Dwayne Bowe, like flashy guy, but to do what he did and just chill for five catches, nine mil, he was done after that. It was a buyout. That's great. And Yogi Stewart, again, outside of. Being tall, and you think, well, whenever you see like a real, if you see someone six seven, you look, you're like, is that somebody? Just from the height. Otherwise, who, who cares? Yogi Stewart, if he saved his money well, is living, living well. And it's He's interesting that like you. So when you told me, you're like, oh, Yogi Stewart. I'm like, I don't know who that is. He is a legend among the pick my Pickering friend group growing up. Legend. You guys might have some thrilling conversations. Hot Yogi Stewart talk. But the Raptors are. <laughs> Are you know a significantly younger franchise? They're about my age. Yeah, and I've grown up watching them since day one. And when you said Yogi Sir, I don't know who it is. And the guy makes twenty four, made twenty four million dollars to be and not not to play. Like people say, Andre Bargnani, but Andre Bargnani would score you the most points. Like sold in, you in the game. best sauce you could find, right? Primo, but but it's not. He wasn't good, but. He did stuff. Yogi Stewart did nothing. Who's the GM? Who would have done that in 99? 99 might have been Glenn Grunwald. Oh, Glenn. Better than that, bro. Unless it was Isaiah Thomas, but we can check. I'll check right now. Yeah. Oh, Isaiah Thomas. You know what we should do next week? We're on 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. together all next week. We should do, like, most hated front office slash coaches in Toronto sports history. Isaiah Thomas is right up there for me. Not number one, but right up there. Just smarmy, ineffective, then trashes the team in City after he goes. I'd say Babcock. What was his name? Oh. My, uh, oh my God. Yeah, he was so bad. Exactly. You know what? We're going to save that for next he week. He was terrible. Yeah. The guy who traded Vince Carter for two Williamses. You know what? That ba- would have been... Rob Babcock. Right. So that would have been Chris the guy. Chris behind me got all the info. Great job, Chris. Then that was it, because he was GM in 99. That's totally a Babcock move. Like the bad Babcock. There's good Babcock and bad Babcock. Try saying that too fast. All right, we're going to step aside. We got some Leafs over-under 
questions for you as well. We're going to run through the top players, give you over-under on goals and points. We'll put it out on Twitter as well and see what you think there. Still to come, we're going to talk Dave Festrick on some Raptors and some Leafs. We'll get some fantasy football into. Up next, author of Being Prime Minister, uh, James Stewart. The effect of prime ministers through Canada's history on sports. Coming up on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock on this Friday. Wherever you're headed off to, drive safe, enjoy. It's a great day outside. should be a fun weekend. We'll talk some fantasy football. Now that the third week of the preseason started up last night with Mike Cleveland Browns beating the defending Super Bowl champs, Joe's Philadelphia Eagles. Sorry, Joe. Sorry about it. 5 nothing in a thriller. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. Hypothetically. <laughs> but now with the NFL preseason week three going on, once that is done, and we saw some injuries last night, once that's done, then it's time for the, your fantasy football draft. And we'll get some tips a little bit later on in the show from Ben Schrager, founder of Fantasy Football Live. But we're going a little different path here. The author of Being Prime Minister and... How the effect of prime ministers on the the landscape of Canadian sports has gone through the years. James Stewart online. James, how are you? I'm well, Andy. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. So tell me a little bit about this book. It's called uh, Being Prime Minister, and in particular, the the effect that these prime ministers have had on sports, not just policy-wise, but their affinity for sports. There's one open-air life, and and there's some golfing exploits of some XPMs, right? That's right. So, you know... You might not think that a book about prime ministers is going to end up on sports radio, but a lot of our prime ministers have uh, played sports and and loved sports. So this is a book that takes a behind-the-scenes look at the job of being prime minister. And and as you say, there is a full chapter on prime ministers in sports. And uh, a lot of them loved fishing and golf, but they've done a lot of other sports too, uh, swimming, alpine skiing. Uh, boxing, even uh, the skeleton run over in uh, Switzerland. So they're heavily involved in sports, our prime ministers. Well, and you write in the book that uh, Robert Borden, who I, I believe he's on the $100 bill, right, I think? Uh, he, well, he I, is I don't now, see those too he, often. I think he's, get, he's getting the boot, So, oh. uh, but he is currently on the 100 that's right. Poor Borden, I don't see those very often there, James. No, so, me uh, neither. I kind of... <laughs> I kind of forget about those. But you know, he played golf and loved golf so much, he played if there was snow on the ground. Yeah, he was probably our greatest uh, Prime Minister to, to love golf. The others would have been Louis Saint Laurent and, and Jean Chrétien. But Borden loved it so much that he'd play it all the time. He planned all of his vacations around golfing spots, usually in places like Virginia and Georgia and southern places like that. But if there's snow on the ground, he'd put on his boots, he'd still go out. And there was even one time when uh, oh, he'll, he even would set up his own course if he was somewhere and he just wanted to have uh, a few holes to play. And uh, then there's one time he's traveling across the Atlantic Ocean to go to a, a meeting during the First World War because he was our prime minister during that time. And they even had a driving, a driving place set up on the ship. So he worked on his drive, and uh, he really loved the game for sure. In conversation with James Stewart, author of Being Prime Minister on Twitter, at JDM Stewart and the number one, that book available everywhere. This was real interesting to me, James. Uh, Lester B. Pearson, of course, named after the airport, Prime Minister. Uh, he loved hockey. He loved fishing. But tell me this uh, story when the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup in 1964. Yeah, it's a great story. And, and Pearson was known by everyone by the name of Mike. No one called him Lester. In fact, Pearson also once said, 
sometimes I think I'd rather have been captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs than prime minister. So he, he loved hockey and he loved the Leafs. But after the Leafs won the 1964 Stanley Cup, he went into the Maple Leafs dressing room to congratulate the players. And there was a, a journeyman player on the Leafs at the time named Jerry Eamon. And uh, instead of Eamon saying to the prime minister, oh, prime minister, very nice to meet you. He just stuck out his hand and said, put her there, Mike. <laughs> and uh, that was the kind of the kind of appeal that Pearson had to, to people. They saw him as a friendly, neighborly, kind of ordinary guy. And, and Pearson had actually played ice hockey. I'm, I'm calling it ice hockey because he played over at Oxford University, where they call it ice hockey. So Pearson himself was a great athlete who, who knew hockey, played it well at the varsity level, and also played some semi-professional baseball. So he's probably the greatest prime minister athlete that we, that we had in our history. And I want to get to this one too, John Diefenbaker. So mm. you're right, he caught a 130 pound Marlin and then bragged about it to President John F. Kennedy. Yeah, so <laughs> Diefenbaker loved to fish. And he was down at a meeting with Kennedy at the White House, and, and Kennedy also fished. And he was talking about one of his great catches, and he said to Diefenbaker, who he liked to tease, he said, You ever caught anything better? And Diefenbaker says, well, as a matter of fact, I caught a 130 pound Marlin. And <laughs> Kennedy teased him and said, No, you didn't. So Diefenbaker took some offense to that. And when Kennedy came back up for a meeting three months later in Ottawa, that Marlin was stuffed and mounted on the wall in the office where the two of them had their meeting. So that was sort of a, put that in your face there, Kennedy. I did catch it. And, and there it is. <laughs> Threw it right back in his face. Yep. Love it. And, and uh, Jean Chrétien as well, and you wrote, he played golf several times with President Bill Clinton, but also with Tiger Woods. Yes. So Gretchen loves golf, still plays, and uh, occasionally still plays with Clinton too. Um, but one time he was out uh, golfing at Royal Montreal with Tiger Woods, and I guess the pressure got to him. And Gretchen, who is a pretty decent golfer and very competitive, a highly competitive guy, he shanked his opening shot into the woods, and uh, none of his shots went well because you know the game just fell apart after that. He's a little bit nervous playing with Tiger Woods, and he even says in his memoirs, you know, all the pressures of being prime minister – Nothing could have prepared me for trying to play with Tiger Woods. So it turned out to be a bit of a disaster for the, for the prime minister, who, you know, among our prime ministers, Gretchen was a pretty athletic one, too. Man. Uh, well, Joe, this is, we don't want to give away, or James, sorry, we don't want to give away the whole book here, okay? We don't right. want to give away the whole book, uh, but it's called Being Prime Minister, and people can get it in bookstores everywhere. Is there a website you want to push? Uh, people can find you on Twitter at sure. JDM Stewart one yeah, and my website's uh, beingpriminister.ca, where there's lots of information about the book and, and other things about prime ministers and everything like that. Well, just uh, seems like a real fascinating read, and I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. All right, James Stewart, there you go, author of Being Prime Minister. How about that? John Diefenbaker, trying to show off to President John F. Kennedy and the Leaf stories there with Lester B. Pearson. Well, I-, I like those type of books sometimes where you have, it's sports-related, but around another topic, and you have a, a little bit of a different... A different take on that. Uh, let's get a poll update, a couple poll updates, and we'll get into the Leafs over-unders here. So our first poll question at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81 is, we're taking the view of who, which athletes who have made the most money, who aren't in the spotlight, aren't famous per se, who could walk into a grocery store and not be harassed at all but have made a ton of money. Which one has impressed you the most? You're not necessarily hating on the guy, but you're like, man, that's all right. Is it Charles Howell III, who in 522 events 
has two PGA wins. Now, Charles still has to do the work, but to actually walk and play golf, the physicality of it. But this guy's made $36 million, go anywhere he wants. Seems like a pretty good life. Rick DiPietro being paid out to, to when, Joe? 20, uh, 2,400? Like, he's, he's going on for... 2028, 2029. Oh, $67.5 million contract buyout, over a million bucks each year. Dwayne Bow, almost $2 million a catch. $9 million, five catches when he was signed to the Cleveland Browns. And then my vote, Yogi Stewart of the Toronto Raptors. Do yourself a favor, Google Yogi Stewart, Michael Yogi Stewart. And you will... If if you're an older Raptors fan, you'll remember him. Be like, oh, that guy at the end of, who never did anything. It was like you're always kind of waiting. It's like that guy's going to do something. Never did. Twenty four million bucks for being a bench warmer. Love it. So I'm voting Yogi Stewart. Joe, you're voting what? Charles Howell the third. Yes, I'm voting Charles Howell the third. And yeah. I still don't understand how Mr. Connor Rowe doesn't get the point of this, this poll. This is this is uh, yeah. It's uh, I what, did what, miss what the point of in. the poll, saying doing so little though seems a bit disrespectful. He's won twice in 500 events. He's won twice, but then he Rick goes on DiPietro again. Rick DiPietro played like 25 <laughs> games over 40 years in the NHL. <laughs> Dwayne Bowe caught five catches. This other guy, I've never heard of him. If he could have been called Yogi Bear for all I care, and I wouldn't even know right. he exists. And he gets twenty four million dollars. But it's disrespectful. We apologize to all the people in this poll who have done adequately more than we have in their respective sports, but in the grand scheme of their sports, have done relatively little. And I appreciate them to be able to to contribute so little and get paid so well is impressive. And again, it's all about not having the spotlight. Like, I wouldn't put Andrea Bargnani in here because he was a notable figure with the Raptors. Was he overpaid? Sure. Was he not very good? No. But for a time, he was the best player on the team. Yogi Stewart was never that. But then this guy, too, Joe, goes on. He, it's, he says, well, DiPietro Moore was expected out of him. That's not the point of the poll. Read the question. Gah. At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, so you can vote on uh, the athlete you appreciate the most for doing so little. We got a write-in, actually. Oh, what do we got? Paulo Donato. Oh, my what, God, Paulo. Uh, what about Bobby Benilla? Yes, Bobby Benilla. And Absolutely. so much of the laughter after, just question marks, exclamation, the ha-ha-has. Because Bobby Benilla, and that was the guy we Isn't were trying to think Isn't he still getting of. paid? He's getting paid. Let's see. Why the Mets will pay Bobby Benilla $1.19 million today. Uh, he gets every... July 1st, he gets $1.9 million. And a man who last played, and this was an article at the end of June, who last played 5,381 days ago, owns this day. Not just this July 1st, but every July 1st through 2035. Isn't there a quarterback <laughs> as well that had something like this happen to him? That's so good. Um, was there a quarterback that got bought out like years ago? It might have been at like the beginning of the NFL. Like... Because it's not guaranteed money. The new contract money. structure. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, mm. but I, I'll Google it. I'm pretty sure there was like a, a quarterback that signed a contract and got bought out, and but, they had to just pay him out. The thing with Bobby Benilla, though, is he was like he was great. Like he was a great player for a time. That contract is sick, but there's still parts where people would you say the name Bobby Benilla? It's like, oh yeah, Bobby Benilla. He was he was really good for a time. And sign that deal. 
Good on him. Bobby Benilla, definitely a dark horse. Great vote in there from uh, Paulo at Dudamau on Twitter. Uh, let's get, go to our Leafs over-unders here. and we'll, we'll put this out on Twitter too, Joe, at TSN 1050 Radio. We can get that up there when you get a chance. Leaf over-unders for the season, okay? So we'll kind of dip back to this as the show goes on. But we want to track John Tavares in. Everyone's feeling good in Leafs Nation. What can we expect out of some of the stars here? Let's begin with Austin Matthews. We're going to set the line at 38 and a half goals. Now we got 34 goals in just 62 games. So essentially what we're saying is, do you believe Austin Matthews is going to be a 40-plus goal scorer? Or maybe a little less now that you have Tavares spreading it around. Does that benefit? Does it not? Over under Austin Matthews, 38 and a half goals. I'm going to say over. I think with Austin Matthews, and he got 34 and 62, you get this guy with the attention having to be spread out with John Tavares? I'm thinking, I'm thinking over for sure, 38 and a half. You can tweet in at TSN 1050, radio at AndyMC81. If you think Austin Matthews will go over or under 38 and a half goals, we'll swing around the glass uh, in a little bit too. I'm behind uh, with technical producer Steve Eliopoulos and Joe Narsa after we list these. Mitch Marner, 70 and a half points. Now, he led the Leafs with 69 points last year, 47 of those assists. Remember, he started slow on the goal-scoring front, ended up with 22. Do you think Mitch Marner is going to go over or under 70 and a half? Then you look at William Nylander. Consecutive years, 61 points. So we'll set the line there. Over under 61 and a half points for William Nylander. So will he replicate that season? 20 goals, 41 assists. Will this addition help him? Will it hinder with John Tavares? And as the lines get mixed up, and you got Freddie Anderson, 36 and a half wins for Freddie. He had 38 last year. And the reason, I think this might be the most interesting over-under because it will go towards how many games he plays. Now Anderson played 66 last year, McElhaney with 18, and Calvin Pickard with one. If you go with the idea that Garrett Sparks should be the backup, being AHL Goalie of the Year, and should take a notable workload. You'd still have Freddie Anderson as the starter, but a notable workload off of Freddie's plate so that he can be fresh for the playoffs and Sparks still gets a good workload. If you, let's say, put 25 to 30 games of that, well, Freddie's going to come under that 36.5. That's a real interesting over-under if you're slapping some coin down on that. Nazem Kadri, 32 goals. And Nazem... Third line center now. Again, he's going to be getting better matchups, right? That's what we have to remember. Bring it to Verison. Everybody gets pushed down a spot, and you face better matchups. So 32 goals last year for Nazem Kadri. You going over or under that? And then John Tavares sits at 80 and a half points. And this is the real wild card to me for John Tavares because now he's coming into a situation where he is not going to be the sole focal point. On a bad Islanders team, it was, all right, just you know, stop stop Tavares. That's, that's it. Just stop him. Last year, he had 84 points in 82 games. Year before, 66. Year before that, 70 and 86 prior. 86 is his top. So if you put it at 80 and a half, with him not having to be the guy, maybe having a great setup man like Marner. We don't know how the lines are going to be, but let's say that. Power play time, having the attention split between him and Matthews. Are you going over or are you going under 
for John Tavares at 80 and a half points. We'll tweet those out on Twitter at TSN1050Radio, at AndyMC81, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as the show goes on. So uh, we'll still be talking some fantasy football. We'll talk Leafs, Raptors, Jays back in action tonight. Argos playing this evening, hosting the Johnny Manziel-less Montreal Alouettes. It's Pipkin time. Anthony Pipkin for the Montreal Alouettes. Argos in Montreal there. So we'll swing around all things Toronto sports, continuing next here on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Toronto today on this Friday. Enjoy your drive up to the cottage, wherever you're headed to. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Get us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. On Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Tonight on the station, Argonaut Football. As the Argos head into Montreal, taking on the Johnny Manziel-less Alouettes. Yeah, a quarterback named uh, Pipkin for the Owls. Cutest name in football. McLeod Bethel-Thompson trying to lead the Argos again. Oh, oh, hopefully, if you're if you're an Argos fan, the comebacks are great. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson has done that in two straight, his only two pro starts. He's led the Argos back from multiple deficits twice. You hope that just for your heart's sake, it's a little bit calmer to take on the hapless Montreal Alouette. So that's at 7.30 tonight. On the station, you can watch that, of course, on uh, TSN television as well. And remember, folks, tomorrow, for all your NFL needs talk, getting ready for this season, I got TSN 4 Downs returns for Season 3 at 11 a.m. right here on TSN 1050. Going to be giving away Domino's Pizza Prizes, fantasy football contest, whole bunch of great stuff. We'll get you all set up for the upcoming NFL season. Just loads of storylines. So that, again, is going to be 11 a.m. Saturdays on TSN 1050. But let's get to our Maple Leafs question here on Twitter. It's posted at TSN1050Radio at AndyMC81. Leafs over under. Okay? Leafs over under for this season. I got some good, we got some good replies already. So we have Austin Matthews goals over or under 38.5. Mitch Marner over or under 70.5 points. William Nylander had consecutive 61-point seasons. We set the line at 61.5. You're going over, you're going under. Freddie Anderson, 36.5 wins. Nazem Kadri, 32 goals. John Tavares, 80.5 points over or under. Uh, let's see. Let's go on Twitter. Uh, Chris Brown, who won the day yesterday for us on Twitter, burying a troll. Chris Brown, we appreciate you. At KBrown3194. So Chris is saying, Matthews, over 38.5 goals. Marner over. Nylander over. Anderson under. And that's the most interesting to me over under uh, a choice there with Anderson at 36.5 wins. Because if you get Garrett Sparks in more, ease Anderson's workload, that's obviously going to take him under. But the hope, of course, would be he's fresher for the playoffs. He gets Sparks a bunch of work coming off of being AHL player of the year or goalie of the year. Calder Cup winner. Right, kind of groom the next one. I have a one-two punch. Uh, Chris on Twitter also votes for Kadri under and Tavares over. I have uh, at Baumer72. says all over except Kadri under for him. Joe, how are you voting on this? Let's begin with Austin Matthews and 38 and a half goals. You look at what he did in just 62 games last year. You got to think that he's going to be an over. Yeah, I agree. He's he's a 
a legitimate 40 goal scorer. Like we're having the conversation yesterday about Phil Kessel being the best 40 goal oh. scorer, never score 40. Never score 40. I hated that argument. It was good. He's a 40 goal scorer. When did he score 40 with the Leafs? Please? It's, Im- it's no? impressive when I look back and like threw in Austin Matthews' names into a database and saw that last year he had 34 goals because. I thought maybe he had 30, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize he was six goals shy of scoring 40. Yeah. He played about 66 games. He played 62 games last year. Yeah, I mean, he was on pace to do 40-plus again. Sure. So that I would take the over. Um, Mitch Marner is the one that interests me because I feel like if it's over 70.5, it's going to be over 70.5, like leading the team in scoring over 70.5. So it might not be an in-between. And we, what we have to keep in mind with Marner, remember that really slow start. To scoring goals. And he finished with 22. But he was really slow. So it's never been about his setup ability. We know he can do that. But actually scoring goals. And what can he do depending on the pairing? Is he playing with Matthews? Is he playing with Tavares? Who's he playing with on the power play? Like you couple all that in. It's very interesting. On Twitter, at Julian Bronx says, over right across the board. There you go, Julian. He's feeling good. And Joe... This guy on Twitter, at Connor Rowe, who is chirping our poll, he just followed me on Twitter. What's going on? That's These people. The hypothetic, as I long love you, as Toronto. you I hypothetically you. ask somebody something, <laughs> you get what you want out of them. <laughs> hypothetically. This, this is the best from this week. So we put out poll, leaf poll questions. The one from the other day, the trade option, had almost 4,000 votes. People were loving it. People were, were hating it. But the ones that hated it, when we asked, when you tweeted out, Joe, okay, hypothetically, who would you vote for? Went into a detailed answer, and their Twitter handle was always like LeafSuperfan99. Yeah, and this this Connor Rowe gentleman, his Twitter bio says, talk sports to me. Love it. We are. We're, we're doing our best, <laughs> and you are shutting it down. But then follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. But then he just Tweet followed me. TSN ten fifty radio. Yeah, and then he just followed me on Twitter. So okay, so we go, we go, Mitch Marner. I'm, I'm tending to think the over, for Marner just because of the setup possibilities. But the goal scoring has me a little bit concerned. Like the actual scoring goal component of his game. So, I, I'm kind of teetering on that seventy. I think I'm gonna say over. Because of the, the just the possibilities and the fact that you can spread this out and teams have to legitimately contend with two full stacked lines. And then, oh yeah, you have Nazem Kadri who scored 32 goals. He's your third line center. Like, I think this whole team's going to score a ton of goals. So, Joe, I'm, I'm saying over for Marner. And you're saying there's no there's not going to be a middle, right? I'm saying I'm saying over as well. You're saying over for Marner. Yeah, I'm saying over as well. And I'm thinking he's going to be closer to that 85, 90 point range this year. That'd be interesting. He's got to score some more goals, though. It's not all going to come in assists. William Nylander, consecutive 61-point seasons. 20 goals last year, 41 assists. With William Nylander, he could be a guy that might get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And by that, I mean maybe he doesn't get the puck as often. You know, depends. Again, depends where he's going to play. I'll say for William Nylander, 61.5 points, I think more goals... Less assists, but overall, less than 61.5 points. Maybe he's, he's kind of popping the 25 to 30 mark there, but less helpers. So I'll say under for William Nylander. What do you say? I would say over, but I also think that his assist totals will continue to go up, only because he's going to be playing with Patrick Marlowe as well as Austin Matthews. So 
And this is no disrespect to Zach Hyman, who's a fantastic player down low. And Babcock loves him. He's a, he's a great two-way guy, but now when the puck's going across the middle and it gets to the left winger, it's not Zach Hyman. And Patrick Marlowe can score goals. He's proven that over his career. And we know that Austin Matthews can score goals, and so can Nylander. And now we just have to wonder, though, with Patrick Marlowe. He's kind of at that scary age of 38, right? Had 27 goals last year for a guy 37 turning 38. Not bad. you got to appreciate that. But at some point, these veterans, you just hit the wall. And you, you can't see it coming. Might be at the start of the year. Might be the middle of the year. Uh, that's my one bit of concern with Patrick Marlowe. But the great thing is, even if he does, the Leafs still are able to overcome that. And it's tough to think that that could happen to a guy like him. Because, I mean, I've seen him in person. I've met him. And he's a, the guy is shredded. Oh, yeah. You can be in great shape. Yeah, but the thing is, what's a positive for Patrick Marlowe in comparison to a lot of other, a lot of other veterans is that Patrick Marlowe is arguably a top five, if not top three, skater on the Maple Leafs. He's not a slouch by any means. He's not slow. He's mm. not slowing down. So, and the last thing to go is a player's hands. Like we were talking, Steve was telling me he was playing ball hockey with O, and the guy is still sniping. Like it's, their hands don't go away. It's like a boxer with the punch. Exactly, you can be slow, but you still have the knockout punch. Exactly. Whereas in Patrick Marlowe's situation, he's actually one of the fastest players that are on the team. He's one of the best skaters structurally, yep. and the guy can still score. So he he'd actually be a pretty interesting over under. Like if you're at twenty four and a half, are you taking the over or the under on a guy oh. like Patrick Marlowe in goals? You know, I like that number because he scored twenty seven. I can see that. That goal number dipping a little bit, but I could still say maybe 25, 24. I might, 24 and a half. That's, that's such a Vegas number, Joe. Like, doesn't it, Vegas knows. Like, Vegas will put a win total or right on the edge. You're like, damn it. Joe knows. It's right there. Hashtag Joe knows. Hashtag let's go 2019. So, hypothetically, (laughs) would you take the over or the under? That's a stupid question, Joe. Definitely the over. I don't like any of these topics. Tech, for sure, the over. For sure, the over. But I hate it. For with looking at Nylander's sixty-one and a half over under. Yeah, it's in, it's impressive that he's one of the players that I don't. You feel like you haven't seen it all. Like you haven't seen the ceiling. And oh yeah, I st- I still feel like we're waiting on Nylander, but he might be one of those players that just kind of keeps hanging around, and you and you keep thinking of him as oh, it's going to be a thirty goal score. And then he's not quite there. I just I think this season could go one or two ways for him, depending on who he's he's matched with. Either the puck gets spread around almost too much, which as long as they're winning games, who cares? But it gets spread around too much, and he's not getting the scoring opportunities. Or because the attention of the opposition lines have to be split up, he's going to be getting possibly some lesser defenders against him, and that opens up. So I think William Nylander is in a position this year where we might not be seeing an in-between. Like, we could see him bust out to 30-plus. Like, if he has another 20-goal season, I'm considering that a a definite disappointment. That's a huge disappointment if he only scores 20 uh, 20 goals. I think so, too. He played in all 82 games, too. Yeah, and with William Nylander, the most impressive part about him has been the point total and the lack of almost enthusiasm around watching the player play. Like yeah. there's moments where William Nylander can turn a game like any type of sniper in the NHL. He's got he's a one-shot game changer. Oh sure, he can st- he can break it open, but he can't he can't necessarily predict or rely on it. Right. And in this se- this season I think 
Last year, Mike Babcock made a specific point with Nylander and Marner, and at some point, and Matthews in the playoffs, that if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, and if you're not performing, I don't care who you are. I don't mm-hmm. care where you were drafted. I don't care the name on the back. And William Nylander saw significant. He was to me the scapegoat. A lot of the nights when even Matthews wasn't rolling. Yeah. Like Babcock would look at him and be like, nope, you're going to the fourth line, and he would bring up Connor Brown, or he would bring up another player to play alongside Austin Matthews because he just wanted to change it up. And that could in part be due to, to work ethic. I'm not putting it all on Nylander, no, but I agree. you can see, some t- at least from you know Babcock's on the ice, and you can he can tell obviously a lot better than us, but it seems sometimes Nylander turns invisible, and that's the one thing if you're a coach, if you're not scoring. Like look at Nazem Kadri, He can go into a slump. Dude's always grinding. Always grinding. Nylander, not so much. We're going to continue this conversation after the break at the top of the hour and also get back into our other poll question of which athlete who is outside the spotlight, who's earned so much money for doing so little. We'll talk Leafs. We'll get into some Raptors talk as well with Dave Festchuk at 1220. A lot more coming up. Toronto today.